Well, what is up, all of you variants on the planet of Arrakis? Uh, this is a special episode of Geekverse Reactions where we are strictly going to focus on the brilliant, and I'm spoiling my thoughts on it already, the brilliant directed by Denis Villeneuve. I don't know how to say his name. I'm butchering it. DJ, I think your mic's muted there, but uh, we'll get that going. There you are. There you are. I think that uh, is the correct pronunciation. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. But regardless, he directed Dune. It was great, in my opinion. But before we get this going, warning, this is a spoiler discussion uh, where we're just open to say anything and, and whatever we, we want to say about the film. Uh, you tell us what you thought of this film. Uh, in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube or, or let us know on Discord, if you're on the podcast, click the Discord link that's in the description. Come on over there, join us and, and have some fun with us. By the way, DJ, you're back. You're with me. Yeah, it's always good to be back. I mean, it just anytime we get to talk anything Geekverse, I say this every time we do Geekverse. It's just a, a good time for me personally, because I like talking about geeky things. I like talking to Caleb Keller. So why not put those together and have a podcast to go over all the geeky things that I enjoy and I know that you also enjoy. So yeah. I'm here for it, and I'm ready to, to talk about some sand and some spice. <laughs> spice. Yeah, well, listen, let's just first, as we're having this discussion, and again, spoiler discussion, DJ, what I wanted to share with our listeners was how we viewed it, and maybe that way that could give our audience a clue as to maybe how our viewings or maybe how we feel the way that we feel. So I think I've advertised it already personally on YouTube. I viewed it on or in a movie theater. Uh, I went to my local AMC theater. I got it done. I was so stoked for this film that I really wanted to go on the premiere night, but I had some things pop up on that Thursday night that prevented me from going, but I ended up going Friday. I recorded my initial reaction video on YouTube. So check that out if you haven't. Um, and yeah, I, I saw it in theater loud and proud and it was great. DJ, what about you? Well, I, I chose to see the last duel over Dune in the theater this past mm -hmm. weekend. And I said this on our previous episode of Geekverse Reactions. I was more looking forward to the last duel than Dune initially. Mm -hmm. Having seen Dune now, I still think the last duel is better. Okay. However, Dune is such an incredible movie that its scope and what it provided on a cinematic level, even though I did not see it in a theater, I saw it at home on HBO Max, I still think that it's one of those movies that, and as I've said on previous Geekverse episodes, is going to go down in cinematic history as one of the best movies that's, that's ever been made for what it kind of does on a cinematic scope i, I guess yeah trying to say no absolutely and, and i kind of agree with you i i can't say it enough i keep thinking about this film more and more and more and i keep loving it more and more and more the more that i think about it uh and what we're going to do is we're eventually going to talk about you know the good things and you know some flaws that we're seeing people discuss online and you know we're gonna share it all here uh but you know just non-spoiler thoughts it sounds like we both thoroughly enjoyed it uh it seems like it's an or it is in my opinion a cinematic experience that i would 
really try to persuade anybody that loves film to try to experience in some way. You know, I'm not going to be like gatekeeping and say, you got to see it in theater. Or you're not a true diehard because obviously, I mean, I'm talking to somebody that didn't see it in theater, uh, uh, but it's fun. You know, just get your Dune content, however, is appropriate. You know, because it is here's a news piece. We are getting getting a sequel regardless. Uh, So the job has been accomplished as far as getting Warner Brothers and legendary pictures to see that we need a second one. Uh, So that job has been done. So just watch it however you can. Uh, But it sounds like if you're still listening, you probably have watched it because we are we are getting into some spoilers. So what I wanted to do here off the top was to discuss thoughts from others on dune before we go more so into our thoughts and the first thing that i want to discuss with dune is it's rotten tomatoes scores currently that's something that i always like to discuss because generally that's where the audience goes to see how people are feeling about the film uh and currently on rotten tomatoes the critic score is an 84 percent and more importantly because this this is what it's all about the audience score is a 91%. DJ, when you hear these numbers, what do you think? I, they're accurate. I mean, they, they just, they're just accurate. You know, for me, I, I don't, I said this when we did Geekverse with our new stuff, just um, our last episode. However, for me, I, I just, when I look at these scores, I think this makes sense. I could see where critics would think, okay, 84%. And I could see where audience would say 91%. Because when I think about, my, me and my opinion of it i'm right there kind of in between those numbers i would give it like a solid 87 88 somewhere right in right in that range and so okay. for me i think that's a, a very acceptable score both critically and uh, audience wise mm, interesting interesting yeah. you know what if we're, if we're giving scores right now okay i'm gonna Might give well. it an a i'm gonna give it an a let's go 94 percent from me wow 94 I love it that much. You're I love it that much. Your uh, teacher grading expertise, <laughs> I feel like that is absolutely <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. I, I know it's for the beholder to to kind of give their own grading, mm-hmm. but I think maybe this is one of those movies I need to revisit more and more. Mm-hmm. It's like just last night, my wife and I watched Black Widow on Disney Plus, and I hadn't seen it since I was in the theater. And I told her, I was like, "This is one of those movies I think I like more and more as I watch it." Yeah, And I think Dune might become one of those movies where like right now I'm sitting at like an 87, 88. I may mm-hmm. be like at a 99 in like two years. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. You know? There you go. Well, DJ, somebody else that's kind of important outside of critics and outside of audience members kind of discussed recently about Dune. Who is that individual and what did they have to say? A little guy, you may have heard of him. His name is Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, the, <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> Yeah, Christopher Nolan, I mean, he's one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. I yes, mean, he is. And if in, in a lot of ways, maybe the best, but I don't want to oversell the guy. What what am I, you know, what am I trying to do here? But anyway, <laughs> he sat down with the director of Dune, Denis Villeneuve, and come to find out, uh, I, I wasn't aware of this, but uh, apparently they are both members of a director's guild um and they have a this director's guild who i'm actually blanking on the name of this director's guild at the moment but uh they have their own podcast called the director's cut and i've never heard of the director's cut and now that i know about it i will be checking in on it on a regular basis because i love to know about film stuff sidebar another podcast you should check in on on a regular basis is none other than mando talk 
Absolutely. So, and <laughs> slash Geekverse reactions. However, all that to say, these two directors, these masters of filmmaking, sat down together. And here's kind of the official synopsis of this uh, podcast episode from the director's cut. It, director Denis Villeneuve discusses his new film, Dune, with fellow director Christopher Nolan in a Q&A at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, an adaptation of Frank Herbert's groundbreaking science fiction novel. The film follows the son of a noble family who is entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and vital element in the galaxy. If you've seen the movie or read the book, you now know that as something called Spice. So, yep. um, in this podcast, Christopher Nolan, he actually said these thoughts, and I, I want to share these off the top before we kind of discuss any any further he said it is one of the most seamless marriages of live action photography and computer generated effects that he has ever seen goes on to say it is a real gift now big words from a mass like i said a master of filmmaking mm -hmm. uh christopher nolan and i'm not just saying that as a batman fan i'm saying that as a fan of the prestige and interstellar you know, I'm saying that as a person who has seen a handful of his films, he's an incredible filmmaker. And so the fact that he's giving these perspectives, I think, lends so much to the weight and gravitas, if you will, of Dune as a full-fledged film. Caleb, do you have anything you'd like to say on his thoughts just from that one sentence, that one little clip? No, I, other than I absolutely love to hear it. Um, and I have to respect his opinion because of the things that you just listed and the, the films that he's worked on, the things that he's done, how respected he is in the industry. He knows what he's talking about more than I know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to defer to Christopher Nolan, sure. even though, you know, I've already voiced before. I think this film is absolutely beautiful and um, incredible to see. So Christopher Nolan, uh, other than just saying you're awesome, I agree with you, sir. <laughs> Man, I, I agree with him, too. And. I know that I just waxed eloquently about my opinion of Christopher Nolan, but I can't speak enough about how much I respect this guy as a filmmaker. And for him to say these things to Denis Villeneuve, it's just like, he's right. You know, he just yeah. is right. And there's no denying what Christopher Nolan has said. And there's no denying the proof that is in the pudding, if you will, um, that is Dune, you know? I, yeah. It's kind of hard to say anything better about that movie, mm -hmm. in my opinion. There's, I mean, we're going to say more about the movie, obviously. Obviously. But, <laughs> but because, like, we're just getting into it, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to just jump ahead just yet because I just, it's such, it is a masterpiece of filmmaking. It, it yeah. is, and to say it isn't is just not intelligent i'm sorry like maybe <laughs> i'm being very opinionated on that but it is a sure, master sure. it is a master uh piece of, of film yeah I, I think if you're somebody that appreciates filmmaking you'll love dune if you're if you're somebody that just wants to see bang smash crash and all those different things it, pew, it, pew. i could pew pew there you go i could yeah. see why maybe dune isn't for you um but yeah, we'll get to more. We'll get to that a little bit more later too. Whenever we get to maybe you know some of the good, some of the bad that we could potentially see uh, people taking from Dune. But real quickly before we get dive deeper into the story, into the film, box office numbers. That's always important. Uh, how well did this 
Dune film perform over the weekend. Well, obviously, keep in mind that it, it is available on HBO Max at the same time. And with that said, the domestic weekend pulled in a $41 million number. In my opinion, and I'm not somebody that studies box office numbers, but in my opinion, that number is very impressive with the fact that it's on HBO Max at the same time. I feel like if it hadn't been on HBO Max at the same time, I've I said it off air, I'll stick to it. I think this movie would have made more money than Venom made or Venom Let There Be Carnage made in its opening weekend because the word of mouth has been so good. Everybody is, for the most part, most people are saying nothing but good and maybe even great things about this movie. So, and word of mouth is always one of the best things about, or one of the most beneficial things to help the box office numbers climb. But just real quickly, so 41 million domestically over the weekend here in the States, but internationally, which by the way, it's been out internationally since last month, as early as September 15th in France, uh, it has made 182 million internationally. So currently to this date, Approximately, Dune has made $223 million in the box office, which again, I think HBO, it being on HBO Max hurt that number in a big way, if I'm being completely honest in my own opinion. But still, I think it, this is nothing but positives. And I'm sure, I think I even saw a statistic. I don't know how accurate it is, but I think I, I read something, a tweet here. So, you know, give or take, it might be right, might be wrong said something about like 1.9 million views on HBO Max and that bested Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. So in my opinion, that tells me this is absolutely successful. DJ, what do you think of these numbers and what do you think of the HBO, ba- HBO Max? Um, p- p- positives, negatives, what do you think? No, I, I don't think that there's anything negative to look at at all with these numbers in fact i was trying to go back and figure out how much venom made in its opening weekend by looking at mm. previous show notes but i want to say it was 90 i feel like it was 92 i, I 90 as well i should say i wasn't 100 sure if it was 90 or not so i was going to try to verify that but a 90 is the number i remember mm. and then hearing that it's got 1.9 million you know <clears throat> views at home mm-hmm. by people me being one of them you also uh, having watched yeah. it your second time around. So, you know, just let me do some quick calculating really quick. If you think I, okay. I paid like 12 bucks for my ticket because convenience fees and sure. blah, blah, blah. That AMC sure, you sure. Do. You'd multiply that by what? 1.9 million. Is that what mm-hmm. it was? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's 20, almost 23 million more dollars. So yep. when you add that to the 41 million, you know, yeah. you're, you're at 63 million. And you know you, you gotta you gotta consider too people, you know, for for example, me and, and my brother Jacob yeah. for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I had him come over to watch right. that with me. Right. People all over that watched it on HBO Max were probably like, Hey, come on over, let's watch Dune together. So you could probably yeah. give yourself you could probably add another 12 to that number, honestly, because, you know, for me, you know, yeah. Maddie, my spouse, so that's another twelve dollars. Jacob, that's another twelve dollars. Sure. So I think that just like you just said there, I think that verifies my personal take of I think it could have beat Let There Be Carnage if it had yeah. been theatrical exclusive. And that's a good call because I know my dad and brothers watched it together. And mm. granted, my brothers would qualify for the child ticket at a movie. You know, sure. you still you still got to you know factor those kinds of things in. You know, you, yeah. you want to say, OK, yeah, these these are movies. 
these are this is like something that HBO or not HBO but Warner Brothers. I don't think they missed out on the opportunity for mm-hmm. more because they're still getting that revenue. Mm-hmm. But it's still one of those like, yeah, these numbers didn't. It wasn't like hurt by it because I I can't scroll more than you know seven or eight tweets down right. before I see something about Dune. Yeah, and it, and maybe that's just because I am the niche audience, you know. There, sure. but at the same time, I've had conversations about Dune since having watched it, and I only watched it less. I mean, not even. Well, I guess it's been twenty four hours at this point, but not even mm-hmm. whole, a whole two days has gone by, and I've I've already had multiple conversations about the movie with multiple people. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's one of those where there's people talking about it, and I remember a few weeks back, I even said I think Dune has the potential to be like the next Avatar. Yeah, you did say that. And I'm not saying it's going to have this cultural, like, let's put a ride at Disney World type of situation. Right. But, and there's no way at this point, like, I was very, I was way off when I said that a few weeks ago. <laughs> but I will say that this is the perfect indicator as to what people are saying about it. Mm-hmm. And if this movie had existed without the help of the internet, I mm-hmm. think it would go down in history as a cult classic. Mm. So I think we are in a weird place where we're seeing a cult classic actually become a classic, Mm. which doesn't happen a whole lot. If ever, you know, I mean, you would, there's a lot of good cult classic movies out there. The first one that comes to mind is the princess bride. You know, Mm. people, people love that film and it wasn't recognized at its time. And it is now. So I think that if we didn't have the internet, Dune would be kind of seeing that take place instead. Yeah. Which again, all that lends back to the number of people who are watching it right now, because like mm-hmm. you said, word of mouth. Right. That's initially I was like, Dune, what is this? Oh, it's a Star Wars knockoff. Actually, no, Star Wars is technically a knockoff of Dune. Right. Lest we forget. And now, now I'm like, okay, let's let's kind of check out the elements of this. As a Star Wars fan, I was being kind of uh, a little nitpicky, if I'm being mm. honest. But at the same time, all that plays back into these numbers. And I think that that tells us a lot about what Warner Brothers was initially expecting and where it's going from here on out, especially with its sequel. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a two-parter, or I mean, a, a more than a two-parter. Yeah, I know. I want to say the director has discussed it being a three-parter, if I'm being honest. But we'll see. Um, okay. I know people that have read the novel can probably speak to that a little bit better than I can. Yeah. Because I want to say somebody told me that the this part one was about half of the novel. But we've seen before another half of, of the novel could probably be broken into two, especially because I'm assuming the action gets really big. So I'm, I could assume that it could easily be broken into to two additional more films to where we have a trilogy. But who knows? I, I'm kind of over the let's take one book and put it into three movies good mm-hmm. example the hobbit trilogy knew you were going with that one <laughs> I, I mean it's it's the easiest one and i think from people i've talked to you know being a moderator for a facebook group that has over eleven thousand people in it you hear a lot of opinions about the hobbit yeah and when you hear those opinions they kind of most of the time boil down to it should have been two movies not three mm-hmm. and right I think Dune needs to learn that lesson now mm. okay. because it, it isn't coming out for like two years. Well, no, since they didn't green, typically they would green light it and they would already be in production right now, but they right. just now Today. gave it the okay yeah. to where it's going to be a minute before it goes in production. So I don't know if we'll see it 
two, three years. Who knows? It, it Who needs, knows? It needs to just be two films. I'm going to okay. leave it at that as far as what I expect sequel wise. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's do this. Let's get into some actual spoilers now. Uh, so those are some just general thoughts from other people, uh, some non-quick spoiler things. But let's actually get into some some spoilers. We got some cinematography things we're going to say, story, acting, potential flaws, thoughts on the villains, all those good things. Uh, so again, final warning, if you haven't seen Dune, we're getting into spoilers. Well, with the cinematography aspect of it, there isn't really spoilers per se, other than it's just remarkably shot. I can't get over it. I've said it before. I think we're going to get, hopefully, fingers crossed, that this film gets some Oscar recognition with how well this thing is, is shot, and I fully expect that to happen. So I've already kind of given my piece as far as the way it looks on my initial reaction video. So I'm going to defer to DJ to start off this conversation and share what he thought of the cinematography and the way this film looked. It is one of the most immersive movies I've ever seen. Um, I don't think I could say that enough because – you know, the moment it begins, you are kind of sucked into this new reality. Yes. And it's not a reality I was immediately familiar with. Like, it had mm -hmm. elements of certain stories that, like, this feels like Star Wars, or this feels like Star Trek, or this kind of feels like Lord of the Rings. And mm -hmm. randomly, Guardians of the Galaxy, because Dave Bautista's <laughs> there. So, like... <laughs> When you're when you're watching what's happening just from like a landscape type mm -hmm. of situation where there's big, you know, weird, blocky looking spaceships and firefly looking spaceships over Dude. the top of sand. I mean, it's no wonder this movie is getting praise from the likes of Christopher Nolan and others, because mm -hmm. these are people who know the work that goes into it. And we just kind of get to sit back and go. That looks cool. Well, they're yeah. like, no, you don't realize how cool this actually is. Right. And right. I think that's the best thing to say about the cinematography that when you're looking at it, you really do feel like, and this is where like, I now kind of get where people, certain directors are saying comic book movies, Marvel movies, et cetera, are not art. Mm. I, I see what they're saying because their mind's eye. Mm hmm then put on screen the way movies like the prestige or the dark Knight or uh dune you know these kinds of movies i'm now staying like obviously dark Knight. that's a comic book movie but i, I go with the prestige because the prestige from a story and that's, that's kind of different but story-wise it's an incredible movie um cinematically speaking this this movie dune the closest movie i could think of cinematically that kind of fits the scope is actually the hateful eight from quentin tarantino hmm. um have you seen the hateful eight i have not it's a great I, I love quentin tarantino's films i don't broadcast that a lot but i think he's a master masterful uh filmmaker a little weird that's putting it lightly but at the same time he knows how to make a movie and the hateful eight is one of those movies that when you look at what it is broadwise cinema cinematography wise it just it blows certain moves out of the water dune now takes that a step further and puts it in a place where you're just kind of like this is possible yeah like i believed that this was a real place mm. and oh no doubt 
and I'm nearing 30 when your imagination is supposed to not be so vibrant. Right. You know, right. It's supposed and, to be. And that's something too, that I mentioned in my reaction. Like I got lost. I didn't know where I was. I thought I was there. I thought I was on Arrakis. I thought I was with Paul. I thought I was with Duncan. I, I thought I was doing all of the things that, that were happening, that was happening on the screen. Yeah. And, and it's rare that that happens for me. Like Lord of the Rings is one that that happens with me. Star Wars, just because of my emotional connection with, with that story, it happens with me. But outside of those two, I don't know if I've ever experienced something like that before, especially wow. at this age. Um, cause when Lord of the Rings was coming out, I, I wasn't old enough to understand sure. like film to where yeah. I do now at this age, this is the most engaged or blown away wow. that I've been by the way something looks. That's high praise. Yeah. That's, that's how much this film mean, means to me, honestly. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm hearing about a religious experience is what I feel like I'm hearing about because no, and I get it though. Like I've come away from movies. I mean, I look. I am the definition of a cinephile. I, mm -hmm. for me, I even told we, we talked about this at lunch today. Me and my dad. We I get lunch with him and my cousin every Tuesday, and we sat and talked about not just Doom, but a lot of you know talk about TV and movies. We talk about TV and movies a lot. Sure. But I told them I was like I've I've never seen a bad movie, mm. and that's because. Well, I, I, that, that's not true. I've definitely seen bad movies, but like sure. I watch every movie from this incredibly weird tunnel vision type of objectivity mm -hmm. where like I just put myself in that world and try to like really I'm like really good at doing the tunnel vision thing with with certain films. This was one of those movies that I'm actually in, in one sense kind of glad I didn't see it in the movie uh, theater initially because my tunnel vision would have had to like I would have had to actually walk outside, I feel like and look up at the freaking sun and be like okay I'm, I'm, I'm on earth this is this is the world i'm in yeah you know i'm not actually on arrakis i'm not in the world of dune so right. to that extent i think that just further proves the point i think we're both trying to make about the cinematography yeah i mean and don't get me wrong don't don't get this statement wrong i, I love i'm we're so blessed here on earth by the way like the, the creation that we're around is incredible Yes. But I walked out of the theater and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I'm, just I'm back. Tennessee. <laughs> I'm just in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, man. So well, that I, just speaks volumes to, yeah. to the way this thing looked and, and well, how it, it captured me. And the same thing for me. I, I was at home. So the first thing I did after I finished Dune was I took the trash out. <laughs> so like go. imagine going from it's only the beginning to oh, my trash cans full <laughs> Walk out. and I live in an apartment. So I got to go down three flights of stairs. Oh, that's go funny. The, go to the dumpster. So I'm just like, yeah. I why can't I be like flying a spaceship with Paul right now? I would sure. rather be doing that. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm with All you. All right. Well, look, let's now, so that's the cinematography, obviously high praise from us. Big time. Let's get into the story. So I think this is, maybe where some flaws come in from other people. I think some people weren't okay with it just being, because essentially this first movie, part one is about Paul's growth and him realizing what his next path is going to be. And I feel like some people that from what I've seen online didn't really feel like we had a third act in this film. It all just kind of blended together and it became just a 
essentially just a setup for something bigger and better in part two. But for me personally, whenever it's character driven like that, that's when I am the most happy. Again, I don't need the flashiness. I don't need the the fights, the not okay connection to Star Wars. I don't always need lightsabers in every film. Uh, I just need good character driven moments. And Dune executes that so well with Paul and his growth from not really knowing what his path is, not knowing what's going on with these dreams that he's having to now here at the end of the film, he knows what his purpose is to an extent. I don't think he fully knows yet, but he knows what his purpose is next in this adventure. And for, for me, that story works and it's absolutely beautiful. DJ, what do you have to say about the story? You mentioned people saying the story was weak because of him discovering who he is and his Mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. That is not a weak point. Absolutely. (laughs) And anybody who would, I'm saying this to anybody listening or watching, if that's your reason for not liking this film, I'm sorry. You don't know how (laughs) movies are made. You don't know how movies are written. Well, I just think, I think it's just people not getting that massive part three of a film act where it's just, Massive. I don't know how to say it except well, so massive, like big so, time. They knew Denis Villeneuve and producers and, and actors, they all knew that this was 100% getting a sequel. Yes. Yeah. And they all went into this movie seeing the script, seeing what's on, on film, seeing what the director's choices are, the wardrobe, all everything, the sets, mm-hmm. everything they're seeing. They look at this and say, I am convinced that this is getting a part two. Mm-hmm. Even if their character didn't necessarily make it to part two, they know they're a part of something greater. And that's, yeah. that's, that's part of storytelling. Let that character build up so that when the war does happen, mm-hmm. it'll be fought in a way and it'll be shown to us in a way that we'll respect more. It's like I said, I feel like this is a movie that I'm going to love more and more as time goes on. And it's, it has everything to do. Not, I mean, I talked about the cinematography for like what felt like an hour, but it's only, it was only like a matter of just a few minutes. I, the story is what makes me want to return to this. Well, story. Why, why do I want to watch this movie again? Why do I actually now want to go pay $12 in a movie theater to go see this movie? Cause I loved it so much at home, which is, Mm -hmm never the case no one ever says that yeah you know i mean i've never heard anybody say i love this movie so much at home i don't watch the movie theater like star wars jaws et maybe like those classic films people may say i want to see that in the theater you know gone with the wind all these other kind of movies but to to say that about this movie that's only been out for like a weekend and, and some change i think that says a lot about the story for me this story drove it drove the bus. I mean, I don't even know how else to put it. I'm in the caboose of the train, you know, <laughs> and it's over here just mowing on ahead. And somehow Warner Brothers is having to figure out how to lay the track down in front of the train because it's just flying. Right. I, and that's that's what this movie did. And that's just on its story. You know? Yeah. I will say this about the story. And because we know that George Lucas pulled a little bit from this movie to make Star Wars, I find it interesting from a biblical standpoint that Paul is the name of our hero. And then Mm -hmm. Luke is the name of the hero in star Wars, because I mean, 
if you know your Bible, Paul and Luke are buds, like they're, they're friends. So like the fact that you see this last little, I'm seeing that as a pastor sure. and as a Christian. So I'm like, oh, that's fun. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, story-wise, there's a lot of little elements that go into, you know, something that we both love so much here at Mando Talk and, and Geek Versus is Star Wars. And so mm-hmm. for me, it, it's so cool to watch these things kind of jump into this melting pot and boil down into what has become this film um dune even now i kind of want to go back and rewatch the original because i know the original was not good but i still want to see the groundwork before it right no i agree so i agree all that to say the story just come on i I could now i need to go i might stay up late tonight and rewatch this movie (laughs) i know i know i really want to um something else that kind of push the story to the next level i'm somebody that always loves the the father son dynamic in a film and none other than oscar isaac our boy from star wars and and many other things uh portrayed paul's father and his name was leto and uh, it was great i we talked about it off air there's that one line that's in a trailer uh where he's something something like you know if you don't become house of atreides you'll always still be the most important thing. Most and that's important. my son. Most like, important thing, yeah. good gracious, man. Like that line, I don't know why, but that hits me so hard. Might just yeah. be because, you know, I've always been so appreciative and thankful for my relationship that I have with my father. And so I always love whenever cinema, uh, sports, or, or wherever you see it in pop culture, yeah. I always love a good father-son bonding because I think that's important uh, for, for people to see. Uh, but anyway, Oscar yeah. Isaac as... As Paul's dad, uh, Paul's father, great part of the story. What did you think of Oscar Isaac's acting and, and his addition to this story for Dune? I don't want to say too much for sake of time, but I agree with you on the father-son camaraderie within a film. That's why Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones film. Mm. Um, and I have a very tight-knit bond with my dad and have for my whole life, and I intend to continue that bond with him. So hearing that, I was like, wow like i know i've heard words similar to that from my dad and so like i know that timothy chalamet and oscar isaac aren't actually father and son but right. in that moment <laughs> i like believed it and mm. that goes back to what you said earlier about really believing in this story um as far as his acting goes i i could have watched this guy act in this character for the entirety of the movie and if it was a one-man story yeah i could have watched that how'd you feel how'd you feel whenever he met his met his end it was i wasn't like so invested that it like killed me you Mm -hmm. know no pun intended but it was so surprising but in the right way yeah you know you don't want to see somebody commit self-sacrifice necessarily and I mean, you guys know if you're listening and watching, this is a spoiler reaction. So, you know, sure. I'm yeah. not really pulling any punches here. <laughs> but watching him do the self-sacrifice thing in the way that he did, I was like, I thought it was a bold story move. Because I was mm-hmm. like, man, Oscar Isaac is not a, he's not a small name. No. I mean, no. he's he's A-list. He yeah. He really is. And so, and I'm not just saying as a Star Wars fan, he's A-list. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's currently working on Moon Knight. So, I mean, you don't just pull in people at random if you right. don't expect them to be A-list, and so, yeah. especially for that kind of a movie. 
man speaking of that death scene we're talking about acting here stellan skarsgård man as vladimir harkonnen oh my goodness i was like you're talking in my opinion you're talking intimidation of you're you're getting close not to it you're getting close to emperor palpatine vibes for me personally like he crushed it crushed it job of the hut vibes Oh, okay. I, I like it. I see and, it. And it's just because he's kind of, well, he's, he's large and he's uh, in charge. I yeah. mean, it just, you look at a guy like that. It's, it's hard for me not to see that connection. Plus he, he's not the emperor. We got to remember. Right, he, right, right. Yeah. He refers to the emperor. So really what we have here is if to draw the star Wars parallel, this may be more of a Mando talk special than a geek verse special <laughs> it might be we're connecting but, this more to star wars than yeah. geek verse man but that's fine a, though that's fine i don't mind and i don't think our <laughs> listeners will mind either but at the same time in the, in the case of a parallels and for parallel's sake uh-huh. um scars guards character whose name i cannot remember at, off the top of my head just refer to him as harkonnen okay so, vladimir is his first name okay so we got uh the harkonnen leader he to me is more of a Grand Moff Tarkin. And Ooh, then, okay. And then, um, you're right. You're right. But then you've got Bautista being kind of the Darth Vader. And, yeah. And I and I don't I don't see those elements being like totally ripped from Dune and thrown into Star Wars exactly. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that is 100 a parallel is the faceless Emperor. Because mm, when yes. you look at a New Hope, yes. as it is, an Empire always constitutes an Emperor. Mm-hmm. So. Even when you watch A New Hope, the Empire, who's the Emperor? Should be right. a question we ask, even though I never did when I was a kid. Right. Um, all that to say, I think that in the second part, maybe we'll see uh, yes. an Emperor. You know, I mean, I would like that. And to see the connection. So you take Skarsgård's Harkonnen and you throw in Bautista's villain there. Mm-hmm. Mix it all up and you get this really cool story of just villains. And really, we know this. Your, your story is often only as good as your villain. Mm-hmm. And he was just enough of a threat to me yeah, because of the power his character possesses that I was actually afraid for our characters, our heroes. Mm. And that's what yeah. he wanted a villain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing, too, that I – because I did some reading after I viewed Dune. Um, I don't think Bautista's character – and I'm blanking on his name. I'm blanking on who he, he plays, what his name is. I'll go pull it up. It's his nephew. It's the main lead, or it's Vladimir Harkonnen's nephew. He is not his preferred nephew. Apparently, there's another one that was that's in the book that wasn't in this film, and that's why they kind of butt heads a little bit here and there, or it's hinted at that they butt heads a little bit uh, in the film because he's not the one that that he really wants to take his his position in the in the house Harkonnen. Uh, once he passes. So maybe that'll be an interesting dynamic to potentially see in a sequel if they go down that route, but they don't have to stick to that. If they feel like Dave Bautista should just carry that role since, you know, they've already kind of set that up, they could do that, but I'm sure that would upset some novel readers. Well, we all know that you have to adapt and and do things with the novel. And that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. I mean, the famous one from Lord of the Rings is not having Tom Bombadil in, in the fellowship of the ring. And yeah, for the sake of time, it was a good call, but and that a lot of people who are diehard Tolkien fans would disagree with me on that. However, I did figure out his name. Uh, Dave Bautista's character is Beast 
Rabin or Rabon, R-A-B-B-A-N. Okay, okay. And and his last name is Harkonnen. So you, you got – you're right. I mean, like, I want to see – actually, you say there's this other nephew. Nephew. That's, yeah, that's preferred. I want to see that person. Yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, if they decide to just kind of roll that character into what Bautista's bringing to the table, that's mm-hmm. fine. I get it. But I would love to see the other character. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any other big-time – acting performances that you think of that you want to mention yes uh, okay first of all we have the mom played by uh, rebecca mm. ferguson playing lady jessica atreides yes she i was kind of like over her character in the first bit of the movie probably the first mm. half and then when it was just her and paul off mm-hmm. on their adventure i was like mother son on an adventure heck yeah you don't yeah. get that a lot and so i was vested at that point and basically her being from an order of weird sorceresses that yeah. you know have prophecies and whatnot that was intriguing you know yes I it was ex- i kept expecting the word witch to be thrown out there i don't think i ever heard the word witch in the movie i could be wrong about that but, i can't remember i can't but, recall yeah but she kind of struck me as like you know a witch in a way and i, I thought that was really really fun i loved her character and of course you can't talk about doing without talking about paul no so i think chalamet knocked it out of the park yes he did and in yes, like the weirdest did. way possible i roasted willy wonka a while back on i think on both geekverse and on twitter mm-hmm. and i thought this is dumb like <laughs> this is terrible but like i'm watching him play paul and i'm like okay i need to rethink this whole willy wonka situation which mm-hmm. is not a, a sentence i thought i would say today when i woke up yeah so having said that, I could go on and on about talking about their their acting performances. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it at this. I think they were incredible. I'm really glad that Paul and Lady Jessica are making it into the, the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, because of a final shot at the end of this first half of Dune, that Lady Jessica may end up being some kind of a villain mm. in part two. Although I, I don't. Why do you book. think that? Just there's this one little moment where we see them kind of walking off into the desert at the end of like that last shot. Camera pans on Lady Jessica for just like a brief moment, and her demeanor just changes. I mean, it's like mm. interesting. Um, it, it, I think it was just a tell. Is all it was. One thing that's making me think again is somebody that hasn't read the novel is is the child that she is bearing right now gonna affect. Paul essentially being the the chosen one is essentially what he is in the Dune franchise. Like, is is this going to create some form of clash as far as her preference uh, of who carries on and and becomes the 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 chosen one? Essentially, I don't know. That's just one thing that I've been thinking about. Is is obviously that's going to impact the story in some form. I just don't know quite yet how it's going to impact it. But that's something to look forward to in the sequels. One thing I did want to mention, though, as far as acting goes, Jason Momoa, uh, oh Duncan gosh, Idaho, yes. crushed it. In oh, my man. opinion, sometimes he stole the scene. And I think he recently was uh, quoted saying something about how he felt like he was untalented around this cast as they were shooting this film. But in my opinion, you know, sometimes he stole the show. He is phenomenal. I hate that his character came to his end maybe we'll get him back in a sequel with with a flashback or maybe paul has dreams about him or something that would be really cool because he did a great job and uh 
I hated to see his character come to an end, but he it was, was like, it was a natural conclusion for his character. He was so Han Solo to me. Yeah. Like, but like if Han Solo was on like steroids, mm-hmm. like that man, and and not implying Jason Momoa is on steroids. I'm just saying, <laughs> like watching Jason Momoa do his thing in an element I've not seen him in. Because really, I only know Momoa from Aquaman. If I'm being totally honest, uh-huh. um, so Game watching, of Thrones. Well, that's for you. <laughs> in the one episode of Game of Thrones I watched, he's in it, and the whole time I was like, "Can you talk, please?" Like I, he never spoke, so I was like, "Why aren't you talking?" Oh, that's anyway, part of the character growth, man. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Get to that another day. But um, you're right about that. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm just kind of eh. But yeah. all that to say, yes, agree with you 100 on Momoa. That dude. I do not want to sword fight him. I'll just leave it at that. I think I would lose. Like in like oh, definitely. less than a second, I'm dead. <laughs> definitely. Um, one other final mention as far as acting. Josh Brolin's gurney. Oh my great. gosh, he was awesome too. Um, he did not we did not visually see him die. I think he's coming back. I think he is too. He was great. Loved him. Every every single every single uh he scene might, that he was he in. He might be like an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of. Mm in a way i like it potentially yeah. potentially or, or gandalf the white yeah well the acting from top to bottom for this film was phenomenal yes. uh couldn't ask for more potential flaws is the next thing that we have to discuss and i'll go ahead and kickstart this with one thing that has bothered me and that was the lack of use of zendaya i don't okay I don't think the the marketing lined up with how much we actually got of her. I mean, they used her like crazy uh, in marketing and promoting, and obviously she's a household name. Yeah, extremely talented. So why would yeah. you not? But clearly, her story is more so in part two, definitely. But I think that is a potential flaw that people have mentioned going into part one. They thought they were going to get a lot of Zendaya, and there's a massive Zendaya fan base. Like oh Zendaya has her own fan base of, of her own. So pe- some people went to see that film. I was talking to, to about Dune with some of my students. Keep in mind, these students are, are 14, 15. They don't yeah. know anything about filmmaking and all this stuff, no, they but they don't. know about Zendaya because I mentioned that I was going to see Dune and they said, oh, that's that's the new movie that Zendaya's in. Had to come back to him and say, yeah, Zendaya ain't in it a lot. <laughs> so yeah. don't yeah, go yeah, to yeah. see it for Zendaya. So that's one flaw. I, I do feel like could be out there um, that I just wanted to mention. I, I think Zendaya could have been in it more, but for me, story is more important. I think her story is going to be there for a part two. DJ, what do you think of that? And do you have any other flaws? Yeah, I think that the that's accurate. I think hundred percent her character is in, you know, the next half. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that aside my number one flaw for this and this may be personal more than um anything else my biggest flaw is i keep comparing this thing to star wars Mm. um and that that isn't really that hard to say i mean it's it's pretty obvious i've made the star wars connection a number of times you know, too many to count at this point tonight. And, you know, it's hard to say anything else flaw-wise about this. I would say the pacing, maybe. Yeah, that was something I was going to ask you about was speed, how you felt about the speed. It was slow, but, you know, it wasn't 
it wasn't terrible because when you kind of take a step back and think about what they're doing with the story, the speed and, and what it takes makes sense. Um, so, you know, that's kind of really it. I mean, as far as a comparison and, and the speed of the, of the overall storytelling, that's kind of it. I guess yeah. as far as I could had to say anything on it. Okay. No, I'm the same way. And, and I acknowledge those flaws. Like I said, I'm the one that brought up the Zendaya thing. And, and I acknowledge the flaw of pe- that some people are mentioning that it, it's too slow for them. Yeah. It doesn't bother me in the slightest, though, personally. Neither that Zendaya's point, no. in it a lot or that the, the speed of it is kind of slower paced. Yeah, doesn't bother think, me one bit. I think as, as fans of individual actors, you know, mm. we need to just tell ourselves they may not be in this a lot. Yeah. Whoever, what it doesn't matter who the actor is, what role mm-hmm. they're playing. If it's a it's a smaller role, a smaller part, that shouldn't really matter that much because right. at the end of the day, this is a solid film. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of that's really kind of it for me as far as very solid film and, and it was a remarkable film and so remarkable, in fact, that uh we're getting a part two and we've alluded to that heavily. Uh DJ, why don't you read us the official announcement sure. that Legendary Pictures gave us? Uh, today, as we're recording yeah. about a potential part two, as you said, as of today, October 26, uh, 2021, the Dune sequel has been greenlit by Warner Brothers with a tentative release of October 2023. Um, that is via uh, the Legacy Pictures Twitter account um, and a subsequent article, I think I read from deadline if i'm remembering either deadline variety hollywood reporter one of those i saw it first on deadline but all the major all the major ones are reporting it i saw a variety article you know after we finished our previous episode of geekverse and i got on twitter and i was like oh there's that you know Mm -hmm. so um but anyway they released that on twitter and they said this this is the this is only the beginning using that zendaya line from the end of the first part thank you to those who've experienced uh dune so far and those who are going in the days and weeks ahead to also view it. And they said, we're excited to continue the journey. Now, I want to say this because I did not know this. I had to Google it. And if you go back about five-ish minutes, you may see a shocked look on my face as Kayla was talking about something. Because I decided, okay, how many Dune novels are there? Mm-hmm. I Googled it. There yeah. are six Dune books. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that until today. I didn't yeah. even know that Dune was going to get a had a, even the potential for a part two until I started the movie yesterday when it says Dune part, part one. one. Yeah, which means I now have to retract the thing I said earlier when we started this recording, saying, um, "I don't, I, ne- I don't, I hope there's not just, I hope there's only two movies." I now am thinking, "Well, hold up, if they're picking one book into two movies, this has the potential to now become." 12 movies sure like and i'm just you know that throwing that out there but there's no way this is gonna be 12 movies. no no (laughs) like it's a good movie don't get me wrong it's not go to the movie 12 times to see it good right right now all that to say that's a lot of story and that's a lot of material to adapt Mm. so for me looking at this sequel knowing that there's that much potential for what could come Holy cow. I, I don't even know really where to begin with what I'm looking forward to in a sequel. Yeah. I couldn't even begin to put my finger on that. Well, for me personally, what I look forward to the most is simply, I think now that the world building was done so well and the pace was slower for this part one, be, 
to focus on that world building and to focus on character growth of Paul. I think now with part two and, and potentially a part three, if that's a thing, now there's more room to play. Now we can really get actioned heavy since we've set up this world. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is yeah. to, and also something that we already alluded to is I can't wait to see the emperor that it was teased heavily in this first one, just like they did on um, in star Wars, something that we love. They tease heavily the emperor and, and we yes. eventually get him, And it's awesome. I think the same thing. I think they're doing the same thing with, with Dune. Yeah. And I think that's, you're right. You know, I, I keep saying, I don't know what to expect or what to even look forward to. I'm just going to have to steal your thoughts and say, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the emperor, mm -hmm. um, which is so weird to say out of the context of star Wars. Uh-huh. Like I've never, I've never said I want to see the Emperor <laughs> outside of Star Wars because even then I can only think of only one of the movie that would use the word Emperor and that's Gladiator, and yeah. I feel like I don't want to see more of Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> that's what I would say. I would say, give me Maximus. That's what I would say. Right. So saying I want to see the Emperor, I'm like for the first time in my life not saying show me Palpatine. I'm saying, give me this faceless leader of this galaxy who clearly orchestrated whatever the heck's going on in dune which yeah okay there's another star wars connection yes there is there's heck a lot it. george there, lucas there's a lot george uh we may what be, you doing uh, buddy <laughs> like i know like i've said this i think on here before mando lorian is something pulled from tolkien right so i'm actually now at this point realizing how much is being pulled into star wars and it's kind of 100 percent it's kind of, I'm not sure if I'm happy about that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, those are our Dune thoughts as we kind of just, you know, we didn't really even have like a lot of notes. That was just a natural flow of a conversation of, of our thoughts on Dune and, like and the, spoiler like the things that we remembered. And I can't like wait that, to watch it again. Like that walk thing they do, you know, in the desert. <laughs> oh, yeah, walk. yeah, dude. That's how we flowed. We you know what that like needs to be? Somebody needs to make that into like a TikTok dance and I'll finally do a TikTok dance video. I will make fun of you. <laughs> I don't blame you. I won't ever do that. I'm sorry. I, that, was, that was a joke. That take was a back, lie. That was a lie. Retract that statement. Retract. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you tell us what you think of Dune. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this special episode um, of a spoiler review. We, we enjoyed the movie so much that we felt it was necessary to do it, it give it its own episode. And we're honestly thinking that we're going to keep this format going. Like when Eternals drops, uh, when no way home drops all these big time movies. Yeah. I think we're going to do special episodes of just spoiler reviews of that film just to a keep it categorized and to b avoid sharing spoilers on another episode where you don't want to hear spoilers, but hopefully you enjoyed uh, this episode and tell us what you thought of Dune. Uh, we would, I would love, and I know DJ would love to talk about yes. this film with other people it's a film that as many people as possible need to go and enjoy so go and enjoy it whether that be in theater or hbo max i don't care at this point because we're getting a part two so mission was accomplished that's all i've got to say i appreciate everybody listening subscribe if you're new uh check us out on youtube apple spotify google i don't know wherever you listen to podcasts and wherever you watch your videos i'm sure you'll find us somehow just type in mando talk geek verse reactions type in rebel scum texan type in caleb keller whatever you got to do do whatever you got to do to find us and uh we appreciate it dj i'll pass it to you to get us out of here thank you again for listening <laughs> and watching 
uh, I ended know, there on like a mid sentence. My bad. I was like, okay. <laughs> I got enunciated to where I had more to say, but I didn't really have more to say. <laughs> I mean, we're all guilty of that from time to time. Are we not? Hey, I mean, it's, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. <laughs> and with that being said, we will see you on a rackus.